The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And it's Friday. And you know how we do every Friday. It's the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you. I just traveled back from Johannesburg, Africa, South Africa, to uh, Los Angeles. I had to stop for a It was a long trip, let me tell you that. I stopped in the Canary Islands. And uh, guess what? There's no canaries. So then I went to the Virgin Islands. And guess what? There's no canary. Thank you very much. All right. That was pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I didn't get last week's joke, but uh, actually I had to call Duff and ask him to decipher it because uh, sometimes it's hard to understand what he's saying if you don't get the punchline. Last week he said I came back to the hotel. I took the elevator up to the room. Other people took the stairs up to the room. Ultimately, we're all just raised differently. Duff McKagan calling from all over the world to deliver the joke of the week. He's been doing it for about 15 months now, and we appreciate it. Not a lot of other Rock and Roll Hall of Famers are calling in weekly uh, dad jokes, as they say uh, every week. Duff just got back from South Africa after doing sold-out stadium shows with Guns N' Roses. Duff has a solo record coming out later this year based uh, lyrically on all of the experiences he's had since the Guns N' Roses reunion. Very, very cool. He's back home. I'm back home as well. Fozzie wrapped up the worldwide Judas Rising tour with a final show in Calgary on Tuesday night. Thanks to everybody who came out to see us the last couple of years. Over uh, 22 countries and over 160 gigs. How do you think about that? Uh, and we've got one more show booked so far. It's a big one. Opening for a little band called Iron Maiden in Los Angeles next September. Can't wait. You know what else I can't wait to do? See the new trauma movie, Return to Return to Newcomb High. Finally being released for rental and purchase on Christmas Eve on Troma Now. Troma Now is Troma Film's streaming and download site. The whole Troma catalog is there, and they release new content every week. Lots of movies and documentary extras. Very, very awesome stuff. Check it out. It's called Troma Now. You can find it at watch.troma.com. And to celebrate the release of Return to Return to Newcomb High, Troma founder and filmmaker Lloyd Kaufman returns to talk as Jericho. Lloyd is talking about what it took to get the movie made and what it was like uh, working with the late Motorhead frontman Lemmy. Lemmy's last movie appearance before 
before he passed. Lloyd's got some great stories about hanging out with Lemmy at strip clubs and driving him around Los Angeles. Lloyd's also sharing stories from the set and talking more about Troma's legendary over-the-top special effects that have influenced everyone from Quentin Tarantino to Eli Roth to Steven Spielberg to Chris Jericho. That's true. And wait till you hear uh, some of the A-list celebs who got their start in Troma Films. Very crazy stuff. But Lloyd's going to tell some stories about how Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Costner, and even Robert De Niro all got started at Troma. Here we go. Talk is Jericho with the return of the return of Lloyd Kaufman. All right. Here, Uncle Lloyd Kaufman back on Talk is Jericho. And Lloyd, I got to tell you, you had one of the best pitches to get on the show that I've heard in a while. You said, can you please get me on the show before I kick the bucket? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm a very, uh, you know, I'm a senior citizen. This is my 50th year of making movies, Chris, and uh, thank you so much for supporting the the art of trauma entertainment. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's such a, a huge history of trauma and all the stuff that you guys have done, but basically, you said this is your, four, is it your 45th year of trauma? Yeah, see, these conglomerates, they do everything to kill the independent uh, movie studio, and they just interfered, and it wasn't the Russians. I say this is the Commissioner Pai of the FCC. <laughs> Someone's hacking into this conversation trying to stop the uh, promotion of trauma. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're doing. They killed the, the There were no independent movie studios left except for trauma entertainment uh, that have any longevity, right? They, they, they can't live. The conglomerates are all uh, powerful. But that, that's an interesting point. The, the last independent movie studio in, in America or the world today is Troma? Well, we're certainly the oldest. And I, I don't think there are any independent movie studios that are independent. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the word independent now has been uh, taken away, have, has been appropriated by vassals of the, of the big... Uh, Studios like uh, the Sundance Film Festival claims to be independent, but uh, they were worshiping Harvey Weinstein up on the hill for how many years? Uh, right, that, vassal of the of the mainstream conglomerates, a division of Disney. Right, right. Was the, the, we're the last independent one. When I began, Chris, as you know, there were many, many independent movie studios, and uh, now basically we're the last long long lived one. And what, what's the reason for that, do you think, Lloyd? Why is Troma last for the last 45 years? Well, our fans keep us going, and you, of course. <laughs> and, uh, but the reason that there is uh, no, there's hardly any independent uh, film activity that's truly independent that gets to the public is that the rules have been changed. The rules to protect the public against monopoly, like the uh, Consent Decree of 1948, which, which forbid, forbade the conglomerates from owning or controlling movie studios, that law went away under Reagan. Hmm. And the, uh, the financial communication rule, which, um, as you know, was the one that uh, stopped vertical in- integration of the television industry, uh, that went away uh, under Clinton, Clinton, the greatest Republican uh, president ever. So those two rules have destroyed uh, any ability for a totally independent movie studio to make a profit without the participation of a vassal of one of these devil-worshipping international media conglomerates, <laughs> such as uh, Fox or uh, Sony or Viacom or AT&T now, which is going to buy Time Warner, right? Right, well, yeah, the, so, de- uh, the devil-worshipping conglomerates, I like that, that was good. 
well, devil-worshipping international conglomerates. And, and, and furthermore, the, um, uh, you know, it's getting more and more consolidated, and your, your FCC, Federal Communications Commissioner, uh, Ajit Pai, uh, you know, he was a flack for Verizon and the uh, telephone industry who are taking over the world of arts now. You know, AT&T is buying Time Warner, uh, among other things. You already have Comcast, a, uh, basically a cable company, you know, like a telephone, and I, uh, you know, a common carrier uh, owns NBC Universal. So it's a, uh, it's a whole uh, cartel. It's a cartel, and uh, there's no way to penetrate the hymen of the mainstream uh, without uh, you, an independent, getting at. I didn't want to say the bad word. <laughs> that would be the way I look at it. And it's the truth. There's no other I've written seven books, and everything I've said has come true. And now you've got FCC, this uh, FCC chief, uh, Ajit Pai, at Black for Verizon, who's now uh, uh, getting rid of uh, net neutrality on the Internet, net neutrality being the open, free, and democratic Internet, without which there would be no Kickstarter, there would be no... Uh, many, many cures for cancer, all sorts of uh, professorial uh, doctrines, doctorates, uh, all that stuff is uh, thanks to, uh, to uh, net neutrality, the free, open, and diverse uh, 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 playing field where everybody has the same right to uh, express uh, oneself. And uh, if uh, trauma has something that the public wants to see, we have just as much ability uh, if we put up something decent that uh, Disney has. And, uh, but that's going to go away now, thanks to this uh, Ajit Pai, who is now being investigated as being a criminal. He's being investigated for, uh, for um, a, a collusion, basically, with the phone companies who are, you know, they want to get rid of net neutrality. They want to have the elite, the elite, the media, the, uh, the billionaire crowd want to have a superhighway where only they can afford to be. So they'll put their content, their homogenized content up on the superhighway. So and we, we won't be able to uh, pay for that. We'll be on an uh, Internet that's like a dirt road. You know, it'll be uh, dirt, you know, it'll take a long time to buffer. It'll be like uh, public access TV, uh, you know, where only one's mother tunes in. So that's what net neutrality is. They're trying to base it to where you would have to pay a higher subscription fee, for lack of a better term, to get the quicker Internet and to get all the different functions. And if you can't afford it, you go back to uh, plugging your phone cord into the wall. <laughs> exactly. Or smoke signals. <laughs> You know, um, the other thing is they now have the right, they're already doing it, even though they don't really have the right to uh, throttle, to slow down uh, competition uh, content, as they call it. I prefer using the word art, but they've got the right to slow down and censor. Uh, Google is uh, throwing, is demonetizing uh, many, uh, Google, many YouTube stars simply because they might have a four-letter word in their, uh, mm-hmm. in their uh, uh, outreach to the public. These aren't movie makers necessarily. These are philosophers, comedians, scientists. Uh, you know, they might, the, the word, uh, I don't want to use it, it's a, uh, you know, a four-letter word might come up uh, when they're talking to the camera. They demonetize it. And they're all this, you know, every time uh, somebody like the angry video game nerd becomes famous and gets hundreds of, 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 or millions of eyeballs, those are millions of eyeballs uh, that Rupert Murdoch doesn't get. So, uh, you know, it's quite obvious these are uh, the emperors and uh, dictators who want to kill off the independent uh, competition. Troma is a, a breadcrumb compared to many of the uh, very popular uh, YouTube stars. And, and maybe they'll be able to afford to go on the superhighway. But yeah, the way it's going, Comcast and uh, the other ISPs, Internet Service Providers, 
will have the right to throttle, slow down competition and uh, speed up their own uh, content and favor their own content. And, and the, the worst of this is that in history, sorry to talk so much, but it's the morning here in Tromaville and uh, <laughs> Uncle Lady's <laughs> full of beans. Uh, the, the, the history of this thing is that the, I, the ISPs and the phone companies went to Clinton and said, hey, we don't want to be sued if, we, uh, if, if somebody goes on, uh, if Chris Jericho goes online and hires someone to kill Lloyd Kaufman's wife. We, Comcast, don't want to get sued for that. Uh, that's called, uh, so we want to be a common carrier like the phone companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, AT&T is not going to get sued if, you, uh, if we make a deal for you to kill my wife. And um, uh, so the, the, uh, Clinton gave them, uh, at least on his watch, the Internet service providers were, were given the, the uh, common carrier designation. It's called Title II. Again, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a crooked congressperson. Uh, but... Um, that's the basic fact. So now they want to get that privilege. They want to be protected from uh, from uh, lawsuits, but yet they also want the right to uh, to slow down uh, certain content and speed up their own content. And the telephone companies uh, under the Title II are required to give equal service to everybody. And uh, also the ISPs under net neutrality, uh, in order to be classified as common carrier, they agreed to net neutrality, which not only meant they had to treat everybody equal, a part of the First Amendment, but they also had to provide Internet service for people out in the sticks, which is uh, really weird because those are the people, in many cases, who have voted for uh, the Trump clown car. So, so I don't understand why they're getting rid of uh, net neutrality. It just hurts them. It hurts the Trump uh, elite uh, forces that they brought in this very strange... Uh, well, let me ask you this, though, Lloyd. When you're talking about Troma being kind of the last of the independent movie movie uh, studios, how, how do you remain that? Like, you mentioned the fans and all that stuff, but are you talking about... Do you, are you completely self-contained as far as budget and distribution and all that sort of stuff where you don't need anybody to help out with you at this point? No, we're we're totally effed. effed uh, you can't say four-letter words, right? We're you can, totally, you, listen, uh, you can say what my, you want. Oh, oh, good. Uh, yeah. My wife and I, for example, we put up uh, the budget. The trauma didn't have the money for Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we, we had to put it up, and uh, we lost almost all the money, even though the movie was extremely well-reviewed by the New York Times and by many other uh, prominent critics, mm-hmm. and it's been in uh, so many festivals. Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1, was chosen by the Museum of Modern Art to be included in their uh, Best Films of the Year series, which included Spielberg and Woody Allen and uh, it's incredible. And, uh, Scorsese and all these kind of things. So, so our movies are good. The problem is that uh, we, can't, uh, we can't get to the, uh, the public, and uh, so we're totally screwed. The only thing keeping us going are our uh, fans. And um, it's, uh, uh, with the case of Poultry Geist, a great film. It's a musical. It's got a very good anti-fast food theme. It's got zombies. It's a a wonderful film. And uh, we lost 95% of the money. And my wife and I put the money up. Troma didn't have it. And now we're going to be doing it again. We're shooting, uh, we're going to shoot this summer called uh, a movie based on The Tempest, Shakespeare's Tempest, called Shakespeare's shitstorm, we are putting up all the money because I can't say to anybody that, uh, hey, you're going to make money. You you can't be the 500,000 budget uh, should be making money. Our movies are better than 90% 90 of the uh, stuff that goes out to the public from the mainstream. But uh, we can't get on TV. We can't get on cable. We can't get on anywhere because we're, uh, we're independent. 
and it's only the only our fans that uh, support us. They go and book the movies in the theaters, right? We've got fans all over the country who are calling up their local independent movie theaters to say, "Hey, uh, book Lloyd's movie, book uh, Return to Return to Newcomb High, uh, aka, AKA Volume, Volume Two, so- because the theaters don't call. You know, they're not going to." Call us back. So, uh, why can't Why can't you get it on like on demand or something along those lines? Uh, the Netflix and those those, those ways of watching. Uh, a very good question. Uh, mm. With regard to uh, the movies, uh, when there's new technology, like when HBO comes in, mm-hmm. when they came in, uh, the movies couldn't go on HBO because they were dedicated to uh, they were dedicated to uh, television, right? Mm-hmm. Syndication and uh, na- national television. So, so they, they needed they needed movies right at that time. Right. So we're the we have a big library. Uh, you know, we have hundreds of movies. So they go to us. They say, you know, we're new. We're new technology. But you get in with us, and on the ground floor, and you're gonna you're gonna be with us, and we'll you know you'll grow with us. And, and of course, uh, each time that happens, and Netflix is one of those things. Yeah, we know that they're gonna throw us away as as soon as they become successful. They'll throw us away, and that's what they do. And Netflix now. Uh, is um, using us to subsidize the $8 billion that they, uh, I mean, they're trying to use us to subsidize the $8 billion that they're spending. So they're not going to get uh, Return to Return to Newcomb High, uh, which, by the way, is a seven-year project. It's a two-part movie. Uh, and the, the second half, which is called Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, that was premiered at the Museum of the Moving Image. So the point is, it's a good movie, and yet uh, Netflix uh, treats us like, uh, you know, garbage. Yeah, so but we're, uh, you know, they don't even take a phone call. Uh, same with Amazon. And in fact, Amazon has been uh, censoring. They've been kicking uh, independent movies off for allegedly uh, uh, sex and violence. And, uh, and Google has been demonetizing uh, for the same excuse, even though the Bruce Willis uh, movie that's got all sorts of violence or uh, your wonderful... Uh, mainstream violent movies uh, don't get into any trouble. Is it's it a double standard, and it's a club. The club is uh, the various, the big, the governments of Europe, which subsidize movies abroad, and uh, the major, the major conglomerates. So that is what's impeding the growth of, of truly independent uh, movies. And Sundance is the, obviously, the vassal. You know the, you know the society they uh, created up with uh, Harvey Weinstein and the uh, Right? I mean, we went to Sundance. We established yeah. Troma Dance. Trey Parker and Matt Stone and I established a, a, a counter festival in the, in the Park City during Sundance, which still exists 20 years later, Troma Dance. But we saw it. We saw how corrupt and how, uh, how phony this notion of the uh, independent uh, movies was when you have the son of, Don Han- of uh, Tom Hanks making $12 million movies and calling it independent. You know, that sort of thing. That's right. Where, The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
It's interesting to me, though, Lloyd, because you're talking about in this day and age where there's so much content and there's so many choices that you would you'd think a brand name like Troma, which has a built-in fan base, a built-in brand name, would be a no-brainer to either uh, be on all these platforms or even for you to sell it to somebody uh, bigger with the Troma name still staying intact. Well, that's, again, a wonderful question, Chris. Um, the thing is, they want to own the content. They want right. to own everything. And also, we, the, the only movie we've made money on recently is Return to Newcomb High Volume 1, mm-hmm. with which and we were partners with a vassal of a major company, of, of uh, uh, Liberty. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a vassal of Liberty, which is a huge cable company. It was STARS, S-T-A-R-Z. Right. They, 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 they allowed us to uh, make a tiny profit. And they also didn't censor. They, they, <laughs> the agreement was they couldn't uh, make any, uh, do anything to change the uh, the movie once I had uh, uh, d- directed it. Once I had, you know, finished the movie. Yeah. So, so that that was okay. And we were, but we are. <laughs> the point is, what did we make? Ten percent of the half a million bucks for, for how many? You know, three or four years of work. Uh, right. So they want to they want to own the movies. They want to either own them or if they don't own them, they dump them. And I do say, Chris. That thanks, thanks to competition, and, and Netflix and Amazon did create competition to the cartel. There's no question there is great, great uh, um, uh, movies and television on uh, Amazon, Netflix, and even on the, uh, the uh, major conglomerate uh, television networks. So there is better, uh, thanks to competition, there's better uh, uh, material. But I don't know how much of it is going to change the world. I mean, Black Panther, I, mean, I haven't seen it, but from all... Uh, I don't think it's going to be around in 30 years the way the Toxic Avenger is around right. 30 years. I don't think the people who made Deadpool at 30 years, whoever is going to make the equivalent of Deadpool, are going to cite uh, Black Panther as uh, a big influence, uh, like uh, maybe the Deadpool or James Gunn or the Guardian of the Galaxy guy or Trey Parker. And that. You know, the people who've, who've been influenced by trauma. You know, our movies are, are playing uh, all over the place uh, 30 years later. Even though you know, Museum of Modern Art just called us, uh, they just played Romeo and Juliet 20 years uh, after it was made in the Shakespeare Festival. And they just asked us for a print of a story of a junkie, which the MPAA totally disemboweled uh, with their double standard uh, censoring uh, tricks. Where they, you know, again, they don't censor the, uh, the mainstream yeah. violence, but they censor the independent violence. So, total double standard. So, We've had, I mean, I've had a good run. I've made movies for 50 years with no, uh, with nobody telling uh, me or Michael Hers or the trauma team uh, what to do, which was pretty good. But uh, now it's uh, basically impossible. And I, I do master classes, uh, make your own damn movie master classes. Yeah. And I, I tell the young people, if you want uh, to make money, you must uh, ally yourself with some uh, major company mm. in some way a vassal of one of those companies and you know then you're going to have to fight for your artistic freedom but uh, well, some of the mainstream people are getting artistic freedom and good for them but uh, I, I don't have the ability to well a lot a lot of them that have that are influenced by by you and your movies you mentioned you know quentin tarantino you mentioned james gunn eli roth is one of those guys i mean there's a lot there's a whole pantheon trey parker and, and matt stone um, talking about doing things your own way. And I, I saw the trailer for Return to Return to Newcomb High, and it's classic trauma, over-the-top, crazy characters, lots of good sex, crazy deaths. How did you come up to, to how did you create this trauma style? Like, when you see trauma on a movie poster, you know what yeah. you're going to get. How did you end up with that uh, th- that way of making movies and that mindset? 
I think it's uh, the Lloyd Kaufman, uh, Michael Herr's uh, soul. Uh, we put that in our movies, and we're, we we like comedy, but we both have kind of a dark uh, sense of humor. And I'm extremely uh, uh, publicly minded. Uh, I, 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 as Oliver Wendell Holmes said uh, uh, when he was on the Supreme Court, the justice, uh, the a man doesn't live until he really shares in the actions and passions of his time. And Return to, Return to Nukem High, a.k.a. Volume 2, is, is a lot of fun. It's very entertaining, but it's, it's, it can change the world. It, it's, it's a, it, it deals with major, major, major societal themes, which festivals like Toronto or, or, or uh, the thing in New York, uh, the one downtown. Tribeca. The, the Nero, Tribeca and... Uh, can you know they're, they're not interested in that their, their budgets are too high they have to play it safe poultry guy snyder the chicken dead should have been in tribeca it's a new york movie tribeca is supposed to support new york independent filmmakers uh, it was well reviewed it, it was when it opened in, in new york the theater in which it played was the highest grossing theater in the in the uh, in the nation but tribeca was afraid of it so mm. two years later two years later or three years later they showed a movie, you know, Poultry Geist is about zombie chicken uh, uh, Indians. It, it, it's about <laughs> the, the disgrace of the fast food industry, the uh, obliteration and torture of millions of chickens, and, and weaves that into the history of the uh, extermination of the American Indians, hmm. uh, and uh, among other themes. Uh, but that, God forbid, you know, uh, the, that's too much for uh, Tribeca. So two years later, they, they do play a movie about the zombie beavers, Right, which mm. had absolutely no political content. But, uh, you know, it was kind of goofy, and they could play it at midnight, and they wouldn't get fired for that, and mm. uh, they didn't have to take any chances. And that's been the trauma way. Then 20 years later, uh, after Tromeo and Juliet, which, uh, uh, again, got good reviews, but uh, didn't get into any uh, major festivals, got into about 20 of the uh, better quality science fiction festivals. But the, 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 the festivals that should have been playing it we're, we're afraid of it. And now James Gunn is the god of Hollywood, right. Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a beautiful film. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, 20 years later, the museum did a uh, Shakespeare uh, festival, Shakespeare uh, series, and they had three Romeo and Juliet movies, Chris, and one was Baz Luhrmann, one was Zeffirelli, and the, most, the, the only one that filled up the room, the auditorium, which is a big one, the only one that filled up the Museum of Modern Arts auditorium was Romeo and Juliet. At four in the afternoon, the other <laughs> ones were at six o'clock and right. eight o'clock. Right. So the point is, uh, we are making good movies. We're making movies that are entertaining and movies that can indeed change the world. And um, and everything in Troma's War, for example, we made that in 1987, and the MPAA, Motion Picture Association of America, totally disemboweled it for no reason. You know, they let Bruce Willis's uh, uh, dead uh, uh, Die Hard, his big movie, Die Hard. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. they, 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 that was no problem. Serious violence was no problem. But the trauma cartoony, goofy cartoon violence, they cut out punches. They cut out dead bodies. They cut out bullet hits. They totally, they removed everything from our movie. And it was at a time when we had just had uh, the Toxic Avenger class of Newcomb High. We had a couple of hits. And, uh, and, uh, they, um, they told, and so the, our fans, when they saw the obliterated... Troma's war in the theater would look like a, a Bambi, and they were—they thought we were selling out. Right. And then the, the few toothless old men, the uh, veterans that showed up to see the movie Troma's War, 
They were like, what the hell is this? Uh, who's this guy attached at the head? The general attached, attached to Siamese twin that's attached by head to a guy in a corporate suit. That, you know, the uh, military industrial complex. What kind of war film is this? You know, so they really they totally screwed us. And they did that to many companies. Uh, but most of the little companies, the little studios uh, had bank debt. So they would go out of business. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, stupidly use our own money, uh, but uh, it, can't, it doesn't put us out of business uh, yet, although we're, we're, hanging on, uh, we're, we're hanging on by a thread. Uh, we're, we're, we're living on the memory of fumes, <laughs> and our fans did help us. Our fans helped us out on Kickstarter. Uh, we, we, we ran out of money for Volume 2 of the Return, oh, to, wow. Return to Newcomb High, and the fans raised about 80000 bucks to get over that hump, and then money came in, so we were able to finish the movie, but the fans, uh, uh, you know, we would have lost about six months for not for the fans. So our fans are terrific. And it makes Troma look a lot bigger. A lot of people think we're so successful. Right. We shouldn't be getting grants. We shouldn't be getting uh, uh, endowments from uh, uh, nonprofits. You know, we shouldn't be getting, uh, because we're so well-established and uh, and uh, we're so successful. But we're not. <laughs> a lot of people... A lot of people don't realize that, Lloyd. It's like even like being in a rock and roll band. Well, your your songs are on the radio, and you have albums, and you're playing shows, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making millions. You got to be scrimping and saving to keep that that show on the road. And it seems like that's kind of where you're at with Troma. Forty years later, still doing the same thing you did when you started back in 1975 or whatever it was. Uh, you're correct, uh, and in fact, if, uh, I would say I'm paralleling Willie Loman in the Death of a Salesman. You know, I'm 72 years old. I drag a huge duffel bag of, of trauma T-shirts and posters and toys, you know, Toxic Avenger toys and, and our Blu-rays. I, I drag it into the Alamo Theater in Austin, you know. It's pathetic. <laughs> Just hawking whatever you can, right? <laughs> what else? What can I do? It's all we can do. We have, a, we have an online store called traumadirect.com. Uh, and that, uh, you know, we get some uh, fans buy stuff. Uh, we've got a, we had, we set up Troma now, which is a, uh, a streaming service exclusive. So the only way you get to see, uh, our uh, new movies is uh, on Troma now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have a few pennies here and there. We, we have about 15 movies like the toxic Avenger and Tromeo and, and, uh, Troma's war and terror firmer that uh, are always being licensed by somebody, you know, Albania or, some new market opens up and we get some breadcrumbs and, you know, we, we, but it, it, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And, uh, it's, uh, and this, uh, getting rid of net neutrality. I've been, I've been talking about that since 2004 when I was chairman of the independent film and television Alliance. And the reason I, that's the trade association for the independent and um, moving picture and television trade association for the independents. And, and, uh, I got myself elected chairman because there's a treasury there and I uh, wanted to use it to uh, go to Washington and lobby against uh, Comcast's uh, merger with GE and uh, NBC. Uh, you know, I wanted to try to put a monkey wrench there, which we did. And mm. um, instead of having cocktail parties and, uh, you know, that kind of baloney. And uh, but, uh, now they're not interested anymore. So, uh, you know, the, the board doesn't seem too excited about uh, fighting the uh, it seems lack of net neutrality. I think they think it's a hope it, it seems that kind of the uh, evaporation of the DVD industry probably hurt as well because before you could, at least you could sell DVDs, but now everybody just wants to watch it on iTunes or watch it online. 
You are correct. Uh, the uh, the uh, collectibles, uh, our uh, fans in many cases are collectors, and some of them want to own every Joma movie. So, you know, we're putting out a, uh, a Blu-ray of Return to Return to Newcomb High in about six months, and, you know, we'll sell some, but uh, certainly it's, it's basically collectible, uh, collectors. Who are, right, who sure. Are collecting art. And, uh, you know, we've got T-shirts. There are Toxic Avenger toys. There's Toxic Crusader toys. But it's all, it's all basically aimed at the collectible uh, market, which is... We're a classic cult uh, movie studio, except that we are denied access to about 99% of the market. We just, we're basically economic, uh, the victims of economic blacklisting. So, I, um, you know, that's the problem. I did look up uh, Troma on Amazon, and it seems a lot of your movies are on Prime. You can watch them crazed. Class of Newcomb High, Tromeo and Juliet, so Toxic Avenger. You can watch the movies on Amazon. I, I, I'm assuming you would get some some cash from that at least. Hopefully, yeah, pennies. Yeah, maybe maybe the deals are terrible. Uh, they push us to the you know they they don't do any kind of uh, you know we're, we're treated like crap. Uh, you know we, what can you do? You know yeah. It's, it's uh, glad they're there, but uh, in fact, to thank our fans for 40 years of support, show, just to give you a sense of it. It, 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 we, we, we gave away our entire library, or we are giving away our entire library on YouTube um, wow. to our fans for, for free. So every week, if you subscribe to Troma Movies on YouTube, um, you get an email once a week with what additional content we're putting up. Troma Movies on YouTube is all free, and there are about 400 movies there so far, uh, along with my movie-making, uh, make-your-own-damn-movie yeah. lessons and, and short films and our cartoons and it's all free. If, if we would, if Amazon was paying us all that money, or anybody, would, yeah. you think we'd put everything up for free? Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I'm a, I'm not the most <laughs> generous person in the world, but our fans are great, and we figured, what the hell, put it up there for free, and uh, and our fans will keep supporting us. You know, it's more important than uh, you know, sure. ten cents from Amazon. I wish we could make money from Amazon. You'd think that uh, Amazon or Netflix, with all their money and all their millions and billions, would be interested in having someone. Uh, make movies, but they want to own the movies. They mm-hmm, want to have mm-hmm. people like Jeff. Pen- you know, they want to worship at the shrine of uh, sexual harassers and uh, and uh, sexual uh, assaults. And uh, right. you know, they, 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 it's a corrupt industry. The head of Amazon <laughs> got kicked out. You know, this uh, <laughs> Choma, who's looked down upon all these years. Uh, <laughs> you know. There we are. We're, we're like Shakespeare's wife, beyond reproach, but uh, basically blacklisted. Right. Um, it's inexcusable. It's in, it's a disgrace, and um, it's, uh, it's what can you do? And thanks to you for at least uh, you know enjoying our films, and uh, thank you so much for paying attention to Uncle Lloyd. Well, it surprises me, too, when you talk about guys like a Tarantino, <laughs> that he wouldn't try and step in and help you out in some way, shape, or form, or maybe it's just beyond reproach from even that a guy at that level. He's got everybody, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I get calls like twice a week. Somebody, and, you know, this is how many years after we did Cannibal the Musical? Right? Yeah, yeah, That's right. the first movie. We can't take credit for it, but we did help them and we sure. pitched it for them. And we we also uh, created an opening uh, that uh, the beginning of the movie, as you can see, is much more traumatic than uh, the rest of it. But, you know, they, everybody wants a piece of these people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, you know, they, they got their own problems. You know, sure. I can't really... But, you know, what can they do? They really can't do much. When other you, than what they do, which is talk about trauma all the time. Just spread Games awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever Gunn is interviewed, he talks to, uh, about trauma. Eli Ross, 
Um, the Deadpool guys, I don't know them, but they have, uh, you know, there's clearly, uh, they've mentioned the, the Toxic Avenger is a huge influence, which it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we get so many requests for 35 millimeter prints of the Toxic Avenger from these uh, theaters that want to show 35 millimeter. You know, that's, that again, that's kind of like the collectible audience that they'd rather sit through a scratched up 35 millimeter print than uh, a beautiful shiny Blu-ray. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, and our prints are, you know, we don't have any, we can't, we can't make new prints. Uh, the negatives are in storage and the labs we used are out of business. Right. We can't afford to, you know, we can't afford even to make one print. So we, you know, and not that you make any money with the 35 millimeter. You know, after the shipping and all that, you know, they show it once at midnight. Big deal. Right. But, you know, the fact is, they're still showing our movies 30 years later, and I, I don't think that Dante's Peak is. Uh, I don't think that Batman Lives is being uh, shown 30 years later. Nice reference to Dante's Peak. Well done. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Return to Return to Newcom High, aka Volume Two. So when you're doing a movie like this, uh, how long does it take to film, and kind of what's the schedule? Because I know you, you kind of are making this like a like a magnum opus, like a part one, part two, Kill Bill type of a thing. Um, is it something you filmed at the same time as part one, or did you have to film part one, get the money for part two, and hope for the best? No, we we filmed uh, we filmed most of it together at, at once. Uh, most of it was filmed in the Niagara Falls area. With wonderful, the what citizens of Niagara Falls were so generous with us. Uh, in every possible way. They even gave us money. Uh, a couple of the uh, people up there contributed to buy, uh, paying for locations, things like that. Oh, wow. And, and um, they, were, yeah, they were really great people. And um, uh, it was about a 20, I think we shot for about a 24, 25 days. And then we had about 10 days of, uh, of uh, filming in New York City. Uh, we have a, a building there that is in Long Island City and in the basement, we've got, uh, it's like a little studio. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of uh, the, uh, you know, the, the small things that we could plug in that we didn't need to film with uh, 80 people hanging around. Right, so right, right. I, I would say, I'd say we put in about 30 full days of filming uh, between the two movies. Yeah, right. maybe, maybe a little more, maybe a little more. But that gives you, so 30 days of filming, 35 days of filming gives you two movies. It did in this case. Uh, uh, and um, we lived in Niagara Falls. We lived in a, a vacant funeral home. We had about 80 people. People came from all over the world, from Portugal, from uh, Japan, Australia, California, Canada, England, France. They came from all over the world to, to sleep on the floor and uh, learn how to defecate in a paper bag just so they could be part of a meaningful uh, artistic experience that would stay with them all their lives. There are people who get engaged uh, on poultry guys. You can see the documentary of uh, poultry guys behind the scenes. It's a feature-length movie called uh, "Poultry in Motion: Truth Is Stranger Than Chicken," <laughs> and you see that there are there are you see how seriously we take our movies and how difficult it is. But you also see that people proposing. We have the same way one guy in the crew proposed to uh, a young woman. Uh, a young cis-identified female, and uh, a beautiful scene. And then there was another thing where uh, the camera, one of the uh, cameraman's uh, crew, uh, starts fighting. He starts punching the guy, and uh, we had to put that guy on a bus. You see the unvarnished truth, and you see how difficult. And you see people sleeping on the floor, and and uh, how how hard 
the uh, 80 people that uh, hang out with us for a couple of months, uh, how hard they work to make a trauma movie. And I think that has a lot to do. It's the trauma team. And uh, we, we usually develop a very strong-willed and passionate team who are working, you know, 18-hour days, uh, pretty much six days a week or more. But they're actually working seven days. We're shooting six days hmm. a week. But, but um, it's, it's uh, check out on trauma movies. Check out the documentaries, Poultry in Motion. Uh, and you can see Poultry Guys for free on, on the Toma Movies channel. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let me ask this, Lloyd, uh, no pun intended. What, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you, do you come up with a, a concept and say, we have to call it Poultry Geist? Or are you sitting around going, Poultry Geist? Now, there's a title. i got to write a movie around that. Great question. No, I usually get I usually get very very uh, involved in some kind of uh, issue that's in society. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, uh, with the return to Newcomb High and return to return to Newcomb High, there was a guy at the Stars who wanted to had the idea to remake Class of Newcomb High. Mm-hmm. So that was not my idea. Class of Newcomb High was a huge hit for us, and there were three. Class of Newcomb High movies back in the 80s. Right. And, um, but it was this guy's idea, and uh, I was able to combine themes I was quite interested in, and I'm still interested in the, 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 the garbage that our children are eating, which may well compel them to be, uh, you know, we have 40% obese population. Right, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the bullying thing has uh, never been worse because our educational system is awful. And uh, the educational system, in my opinion, is the, the, in my lifetime, uh, the educational system of the United States has, has uh, just been totally destroyed. You can see it. Uh, and uh, I, would not, I, would, I can't imagine somebody who's read Huckleberry Finn, which, as you know, has been banned by the wonderful uh, states uh, uh, that, that banned it. Uh, I cannot believe that anyone who's read uh, Huckleberry Finn or, or Nathaniel Hawthorne would go and shoot up a school. I just don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And, and uh, this is uh, something that, uh, you know, we've, my father, my father had, uh, was educated in public schools in New York. Where they, you know, how it's, New York has become like class of Newcomb High of 1986. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Metal detectors and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's just it's a shame. My dad, my dad went to New York schools. And, uh, and never paid a cent and went to college in New York, never paid a cent and got into Harvard Law School. Right. right. And he had to pay. He had to pay more than a cent. But uh, <laughs> but the point is, he, you couldn't do. I don't think you, you know, I think if you have any money today, you've got to pay for education. I just don't. You know, I, I, I work with a lot of young people. They're smart. They're wise. But they, 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 they the schools are so frightened and they're so and the teachers don't get paid. You know, Kim Kardashian gets millions and millions. It's only Chloe, $100 million for some civet cat uh, perfume. You know, that's basically cat piss. $100 million uh, 
but meanwhile, a school teacher uh, <laughs> gets less than a garbage man. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's horrible. It's a terrible thing, and we, it's it's it's. I think that the downfall of our country is really so. That's in large part. Uh, you know, it's a lesbian. I've been interested in the minority uh, world since Sugar Cookies, 1971. We did a lesbianic version of Hitchcock's Vertigo. But but uh, in the case of Return to Return to Newcomb High, it's a, a lesbian love story, and that mm-hmm. brings into bullying and the, uh, the underdog issues are very important to me. And uh, as Frank Capra said, the uh, the lost causes are the best causes worth uh, fighting. Jimmy Stewart says that in uh, yeah, Smith it's a wonderful life. And, oh, Mr. Yeah. Which is, and that's why I'm uh, fighting to try to preserve net neutrality. I don't think I think we we get the nerds together and we we tell the Congress we, if you don't pass legislation to preserve net neutrality, uh, we're not going to preserve your careers. And you know they're all most of them are crooks, so they all want to be reelected. That's the only control we have over the Congress. Men, <laughs> most of them are white men. Uh, and most of them got, uh, if you read today's New York Times, you'll see that a plethora of congressmen in California got plenty of money from the NRA. And I was proud to see that uh, I didn't see one uh, New York congressperson uh, take any money from NRA. From the NRA so that's right. kind of cool. But uh, the point is, uh, we, we, we've got to squeeze the, uh, our elected officials or we're going to lose a really valuable segment of our First Amendment freedom. It sounds like there's a trauma movie in there somewhere about net neutrality. Well, uh, uh, interesting enough, uh, the next movie, uh, we're going to uh, go back to Shakespeare, and we're going to make uh, The Tempest, uh, our, our right. version of The Tempest, Shakespeare's shitstorm. And uh, <laughs> the issues of today, so many of the issues of today uh, are, uh, are contained therein. So um, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we'll, For that one, yeah. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about about the FX that that I see, not only just in uh, Return to Return to Newcomb High, but it's kind of a trauma, as I mentioned earlier, trademark. Just like some of the most ridiculous, over the top, disgusting. Uh, where are you are you finding special effects artists and giving them a shot? Is this something where you're coming up with some ideas on these horrific scenes that we're seeing? Uh, tell us a little bit about that aspect of the of the movies. Well, we've been, uh, uh, you know, a um you know, we've been mainly involved in the practical, what they call practical effects, where you actually, you know, we, we pioneered the uh, uh, using a cantaloupe melon with a wig and filling it up, carving it out and filling it up with cranberry sauce and, other, and spaghetti and stuff like that. Right. Uh, no, no, no animal products uh, because I'm vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we pioneered that whole head squashing uh, situation and, you know, Spielberg and Terrence Malick, they're all doing head squashings now. Uh, uh, so our practical effects have become worldwide, and I've written seven books. Uh, right. And in those books, there are many, I, I pretty much reveal all the secrets to uh, special effects, which in most cases are very, very in- inexpensive. But with Volume 2, uh, with Return to Return to Newcomb High, um, as you'll see at Lenly Cinemas, the, uh, we, uh, I've used CGI for the first time. Ooh. But... I know I can't compete with the uh, CGI of the $200 million spectacular movies. So I have uh, used CGI. Uh, we have used CGI in a very abstract way. And it's, uh, you know, we, we also do a lot of um, breaking the fourth wall in our movies since yeah. the 70s. In fact, I was excoriated for using, uh, you know, this Brecht and Bertolt Brecht did it. But uh, that didn't matter. I was excoriated for. And Andy Warhol did it. I got it from Andy Warhol, actually. But Breck does it. Thornton Wilder does it. You know, many of the greatest playwrights and 
and movie makers of, of, of history uh, have used that. But uh, when I did it, everybody hated it. And uh, they also didn't like the fact that I used source music in my movies because I couldn't afford uh, to hire orchestras. See, source music meaning other, other songs, like uh, popular songs and things along those lines? Yeah, in other words, not not scoring, but right. using famous songs. Right. I, I started that in 1971. We used Sally Go Round the Roses and Sugar Cookies, and we used other, uh, in addition to a, a, a score. But again, this was criticized. Mm. And now, if you look at Deadpool, how many times do they, the guy, they talk to the camera? That's now popular. Right. <laughs> and uh, the same with the, uh, with the uh, using rock and roll songs. Now all these uh, $200 million and, and Mainstream movies, and they're using, uh, yeah. you know, seventies. But they can, you know, we could never afford to uh, to buy major songs. But we met up with uh, Lemmy from Motorhead, yes. and, and Motorhead was nice enough to give us songs, and Lemmy acted for us, and and uh, the Sublime, and uh, some of the mainstream people like us, so they give us free music, and, Is, uh, you know, songs that. Uh, is it, let's talk. Makes, let's talk about the association with Troma and Lemmy and Motorhead because it's been a long one. And even Return to Return to Newcomb High, uh, aka Volume Two, is Lemmy's last on-screen appearance before he passed away. What was your relationship with Lem? He was a very nice guy, very generous. Uh, we went out a few times. Uh, he, he, I guess, from around 1993 until he died. Uh, I can't say we spoke on the phone every day, but. You know, he didn't drive, so when I was out in L.A. a few times, I drove him around. Uh, yeah. And then uh, uh, we went to, uh, you know, he liked to go to strip clubs, and, and but only to talk. He didn't really. Uh, right. I remember we went out one night. We went out one night to a place, and he was obsessed with uh, one of the women there. And uh, the minute we got in the room, uh, in the club, he immediately <laughs> sent me into the VIP room uh, to have a lap dance. You know, he bought the lap dance. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and he, and, he, and he ran to the bar to talk to uh, the, the, the woman that he uh, was uh, infatuated with. And, um, and I tried to, you know, finish up and say, hey, Lenny, I'd, I'd like to buy you a lot. And he goes, get out of here. Said, get <laughs> what a nice guy. Uh, we saw him up in Toronto. We went backstage and bought him a bottle of Maker's Mark and mm. that kind of stuff. You know, he never, the only thing he ever wanted from us was, a, indeed, a originally a bottle of Jack Daniels because mm-hmm. sitting around uh, waiting for, uh, to go on, you know, waiting for uh, your scene, the actor, it's very boring. Yeah. And he, all he wanted was a bottle of, uh, it, it changed to Maker's Mark later on, and uh, just two Tromettes to talk to, two attractive people that he could talk to and pass the time. And, uh, not, you know, totally gentleman, totally gentleman. And, uh, yeah. None of none of this uh, Me Too crap, and uh, he was the best. He couldn't have been nicer, and his management are lovely. And I, I didn't meet any, I didn't know any of the other Motorhead people. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I recently uh, uh, there's a Motorhead video game, and really? the company that made it, uh, the company that made it, it's called Victor V R A N, uh, Victor Vran. And mm-hmm. uh, I know nothing about video games, but this is a company called Heimont, H A E M O N T. Uh, but they have a game called Victor Vran. Lemmy is the main character, hmm. and I play the bartender in this game that explains the game, that tees it up. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, we shot the, they, they shot it uh, the pieces with me in uh, in New York. But uh, we had a press conference, and uh, they had one, and they brought me over to London, to London, and I got to hang out with uh, 
Campbell, Phil Campbell, yeah, yeah, the guitarist, yeah, for uh, a full day, and we had a we had a blast. We hit it off immediately. He's and a riot, first, yeah. The, yeah, the first time he saw me, uh, he said, you, you, you don't kill what anybody says. You do anything you want. You don't give up about anything. <laughs> and uh, immediately, uh, we, uh, we had a great day together during this. Uh, it was a press junket. You know, they had about yeah. 100 uh, gamer uh, media people, and uh, they had a 50 banks of the, uh, that you could play the game on, and uh, yeah, Toxic Avenger was there, and he was playing it. And, uh, it was a lot of fun, but I had a, you know, we, we hit it off. He was great. He was terrific. I imagine it's just a great organization. Let's talk about, you mentioned the Toxic Avenger, obviously kind of the biggest, uh, the biggest hit in Troma's uh, long history. Did you ever expect that, uh, It would, you know, 30 years later, that Toxie's still your number one guy? You know, uh, Chris, I have to say, whenever I make a movie, I think it's the best movie right. in the world. I get, I, you know, I just get it in my head. So I, I'm never, I think the toxic Avenger is great. I think we've got it right. And, uh, you know, there's been the fourth one, citizen toxic, and nobody knows about it, but citizen toxic is even better. It's mm-hmm. terrific. It deals with abortion. It deals with the, the uh, school shootings. It, uh, I mean, it's stuff that uh, today is every, even more vital than it was when we made the uh, citizen toxic and, 2000 or 2001, whenever we did it. Yeah. Check out it. It's free. It's on uh, Troma Movies. It may be on Amazon, too. I don't know. But, right. But uh, it's free if you want to see it. And it's on Blu-ray. You can get it at TromaDirect.com if you want the Blu-ray. It's actually funny. The very first time I ever went to meet up with Vince McMahon in uh, in Stanford at his office, this is the first time I walk into his office. He goes, oh, he pulls a script out of his desk and he goes, look at this. You've only been here for a day. They already want you in the movies. And it was for Citizen Toxies. There's a scene in that movie where he's time traveling and ends up in a wrestling match or something along those lines. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. It's a time travel movie. And, um, uh, you know, wrestling's been a component. Uh, we even had sumo wrestling in Toxic Avenger Part <laughs> That's Two. That's right, you did, yeah. In Japan, and <laughs> the guy playing Toxie had to smash into this elephant guy, <laughs> and he said it was the weirdest experience he ever had. The the, the feeling of this six hundred pound guy or whatever his weight was uh, was just uh, unique. Said the guy, the actor playing. Uh, Toxie. Squishing him. Has there been like Toxie uh, uh, action figures and that sort of thing? You think that would be kind of a yeah. franchise with video games and everything? Well, uh, again, we're outside the mainstream, but there were uh, action figures. Mm-hmm. And there were about 200, uh, and there were cartoons, the Toxic Crusader cartoons, which are on Troma Movies on YouTube for free if you want to see them. They're right. great. They're funny as hell. The, uh, the company that made the cartoons, Nirakami Wolf, they let us write uh, some of them. Uh, they were great, and the cartoons are wonderful. I can't take credit for them other than the screenplays that we wrote. Mm-hmm. But the, the cartoons are very funny and witty and satirical and capture the, the kind of subversive humor of Chomerville without uh, making it inappropriate for uh, five-year-olds. An adult would enjoy the Toxic Crusaders uh, as much as a five-year-old would. I also really uh, appreciate one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Mother's Day, which it took me a while to realize was... was I don't know if it's an ipso facto trauma production, but it is in the family of, of trauma movies, correct? Well, it's my brother's movie, Charles Kaufman. Okay. He wrote it and directed it. And uh, Eli Roth says that Mother's Day is the, the, the best horror mo- movie uh, ever. He says that's his favorite. Mother's Day is his favorite. And Mother's Day was remade uh, a couple of years ago. Right. 
Uh, and my brother also made uh, When Nature Calls, which is a hilarious movie. And then he did one in Jakarta um, called uh, Jakarta with uh, Chris Note, and uh, also a great movie, but it's buried in somebody's uh, library. Uh, some company went bankrupt and blah, blah, blah. But, when, but uh, you can see When Nature Calls. Check out When Nature Calls because it's basically the uh, kind of like the, what the uh, what Tarantino and uh, uh, the guy from you know they, when they did that grind exploitation. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert, Robert Robert Rodriguez. Grind, yeah, Rodriguez. Grindhouse. Rodriguez, you know, uh, both one uh, uh, you know they they uh, my brother did that uh, fifteen years earlier. But Mother's Day ha- Mother's Day has the, the the classic trauma underlying theme of social consciousness. <laughs> running all throughout it. Like, as I get older, when I watched it when I was a teenager, obviously it's a gross-up film, and, and I can add are just the worst, but as you get older, you realize there's a lot of <laughs> social commentary in there as well. You betcha. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's great. Uh, Mother's Day is a masterpiece. Mother's Day is, you know, my brother was so much more talented than, than uh, we are. His <laughs> scripts were so beautifully. Mother's Day is just a, a really good script. And yeah. the characters are great. And we never got, I don't, I mean, Toxic Avenger clearly was a big moneymaker. I mean, again, not compared yeah, to yeah, I got the you. mainstream, but, but compared to the Toma universe. But Mother's Day is really the masterpiece. I agree. I think Mother's Day, Death by Temptation, too. Death by Temptation, Samuel Jackson's first movie, we put up the money for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that, that's a great movie. That's a great movie. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's um, all black people in 1990, so uh, <laughs> you didn't have the New York Times crowing about it. Uh, <laughs> right. they, 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 now the New York Times, of course, uh, big deal now that there's no uh, controversy. You know, Panther is... Yeah, it really wonderful. has changed over the years as far as what you can and can't really talk about when you're making a movie. I, it's uh, the media, the mainstream media is always about 20, 20 years behind the public, and the New York Times is the perfect... Uh, example of that they're always they wait till the wind blows a certain way and then they suddenly they're the champions of the gay community or they're the champions of the you know, they still haven't figured out that uh, the nobel prize winning uh, leader of uh, myanmar burma is uh, presiding over genocide of uh, muslims called the rohingya they still haven't figured out that china is a genocidal corrupt state that is uh, killing off uh, tibetans and and Muslims and Muslims. I know there's hardly any word in the major media about that, right? Right, right, right. They're yeah. afraid. They're afraid to talk about it. They, God forbid they should. Be. But you know, maybe 20 years from now they'll mention that that uh, China has destroyed. Uh, in fact, China is one of the reasons that companies like Troma are on the uh, on the ropes because all our movies are there and we've never received one. Oh, I see. From, yeah, from China. You know, the, the copyright. In fact, they, with Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead. They liked it so much, they made a, a, a Blu-ray. No, they made a DVD before Troma had even made a telecine. Before oh, Troma man. had transferred from 35 to... We didn't even have a video copy. We only had the 35 millimeter, and somehow the Chinese put out a, a beautiful DVD with much <laughs> nicer packaging than we did uh, before we could even uh, come... Before we even put the movie out theatrically. And uh, We think it was... Uh, it was from the Cannes Film Festival that they bribed the projectionist to, to take the print for a night and make a copy. It's quite interesting. If you go to Troma Movies, I, I put up a video that's rather satirical congratulating the Chinese and uh, <laughs> saying, uh, well, you know, the, the efficiency that uh, 
you uh, the way you got the Olympics uh, is what you know shows right. how efficient you are, and uh, you got the DVD of Blu-ray out into the Chinese market before, before the movie, uh, right? You even had a uh, telecine and copy of it. Just a few last questions, Lloyd. Um, you mentioned Samuel Jackson, and there's quite the pantheon of uh, huge, legendary movie stars that have had their start in uh, in Troma. I'm going to give you a couple names, and I want you to tell me what uh, what movie they were in. So you mentioned Samuel Jackson. How about Robert De Niro? Is that true? Yes, he's in The Wedding Party, but we didn't make The Wedding Party. was made by a, a, a cis-identified female who uh, unfortunately passed away. But uh, they, she couldn't get distribution, and we were just starting distribution, and uh, we, we must have smelled honest, so we uh, made some money for them, you know. Right. Uh, but this was uh, De Niro's first movie. It was also Brian De Palma's first movie. Wow. Directing to it. And um, I don't think it, at the time, I can't remember, but I think we helped them finish it. And anyway, it's, uh, it's a very important movie because it's, you know, anybody who's going to do a De Palma retrospective or a De Niro retrospective. Uh, it's going to be included. Um, you know, yeah, fuck you, De Niro, with your Tribeca Film Festival, uh, uh, not having enough courage to show, uh, uh, or even decency to show uh, any kind of yeah, no kidding. respect for, uh, for Troma, a movie that, uh, a movie company that's been living in New York, paying taxes in New York, owns a building in New York, has a, a, a payroll in New York, and makes movies in New York, and whose wife has been the... Uh, uh, <laughs> my wife was the New York State Film Commissioner for 20 years, appointed by both Republican and Democratic governors. She did such a good job. You would think that there'd be some appreciation for the Troma universe by the ultimate New York City uh, community. Uh, well, especially community. when they started. Yeah, you gave them a, a break with that first distribution, too. How about uh, Dustin? Well, no, I can't, I, can't, I can't say that. But I did give De Niro. I, I, went, I met him... Uh, um, maybe 10 years ago, and uh, he asked for a copy of, uh, I gave him a copy of the wedding <laughs> party, uh, DVD. He said he wanted to show it to his, he, it was good, he said he wanted to show it to his kid, good for him. There you go. How about uh, Dustin Hoffman? Again, that's a movie we bought, we bought that gotcha. movie. It's his, it's his first movie, but again, you know, we've got a, a repository of very important movies, we have no money to store the negatives, we're totally going broke, nobody's... Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of noise in restoring, uh, you know, the classics. Uh, you know, Scorsese does a great job with the uh, thing in, in Lawrence of Arabia. But uh, meanwhile, there are a lot of very interesting independent movies that, are, you know, ought to be re-examined. And, uh, re, you know, uh, we've got a huge collection of them. <laughs> and, we, you know, the storage is getting to be a, a burden. We've got <laughs> depots all over the country. We own about a thousand movies. So. Is and with no revenue, so it's not a pretty picture. Is uh, is the how about Kevin Costner? Same story. Chisel Beach, USA. Uh, yes, we uh, that wasn't finished, and we uh, <laughs> we bought it. We we bought it, and then uh, we finished it, if I remember correctly. Chisel Beach, uh, USA. Love it. Yes, it's Kevin Costner's first movie, and uh, Chris he loves that movie because a few years later he spent two hundred million dollars to go back to the water. <laughs> and make Waterworld. So clearly, Sizzle Beach USA must. It's certainly his finest acting performance. One and the, again, you can you can see we filmed a, a, a piece with him at the um, for the DVD. Uh, it's on the uh, front of the DVD, and I think it's up on uh, Troma Movies on YouTube. There should be a if you type in Sizzle Beach USA. Uh, 
I think you'll get it. Uh, you'll certainly get the introduction we did, which was quite amusing. And uh, finally, how about Fergie? She's in the news right now. Did she do a trauma movie? Yes, she did uh, Monster in the Closet. She was a child, a child, and we oh. were executive. We were executive producers. We put up money for it, and that's a that's a movie also that's so underrated. It's made 1984, 85, somewhere around that zone. And it's a wonderful satire of Hitchcock. It's, it's just great. And, and it's got all sorts of stars in it. Stella Stevens, Paul Dooley, Fergie. In fact, the guy who crashed his car, uh, the wonderful actor from uh, Furious. Oh, Walker, uh, Paul Walker. Paul Walker. He, he's a child actor in the movie. Uh, and uh, John Carradine is in it. Uh, it's a great movie, and nobody knows about it. You know, it's a pity. It's so good. And uh, it's free on the trauma movies. I mean, <laughs> monster, monster in the closet. It's a gay monster in 1985. Whoever did that? Who Come did on, it? what yeah, do you want? Nice. Yeah, I know. What more do you want? And, and, uh, and, but, you know, in 1985, it was very hard to get uh, theaters and to get, you know, people, you know, people, you know, was not uh, as popular to be gay uh, uh, to be a gay monster in 1985. Right now, it's becoming a lot more popular. <laughs> so, so Lloyd, the last question for you: What, what, uh, what do you think the future for trauma is uh, with all these hey. adversaries that you're talking about? But it seems like there's so much going on in so many classic trauma movies and characters. Uh, will you continue on? Well, I'm going to make the tra- I'm going to make Shakespeare Shitstorm this summer, Chris. And, right. Uh, my wife and I are putting up the money for that, and uh, then I think uh, hopefully I'll hopefully I'll make a noise like a frog, so I can I don't use up what little money I have left, uh, <laughs> so my kids will get something. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. We you know our fans really are the the main reason we're still around. They go to the theaters, and if any of our fans are listening out there, if, you, if they, the trauma fans like to see movies on a big screen and they like the trauma movies on a big screen and we make our movies for the big screen. Right. And uh, that's where it's so exciting because we have thousands of people in our movies and there, there's lots of detail that you miss on the small screen, like the uh, fire engine sirens and uh, yeah. things like that. Oh, that's, so that's coming from a movie, picture, right? Picture that siren right now. <laughs> um, so, so it's, again, we, uh, I can't tell you how wonderful our fans are in every way. And that's really, that's what's keeping us going, our fans. And hopefully there'll be a miracle. Uh, you know, there's a Toxic Avenger musical that's playing around. Uh, we haven't gotten a penny from it yet. It's excellent, though. It's excellent. And uh, it's opened in the West End, did very well in London. It's played about 20 theaters around the country. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe it was written by uh, David Bryan of... Um, Bon Jovi. Oh, wow. The, uh, you know, the keyboard guy. The music was written by David and Joe DiPietro. Uh, they both won Tony's for uh, Memphis. They wrote that together. And it's a wonderful show. It played in New York. Uh, Toxic Avenger, the musical, played in New York for a year uh, off-Broadway. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a great... You can hear the music on Spotify if you're interested. And again, I can't take no credit for it, but um, they did a great job mainstreaming the Toxic Avenger to the musical Broadway, you know, the little old ladies uh, who come to the matinees love it, and the other half of the audience have uh, bones in their noses and fierce penises <laughs> and all that stuff, and it's wonderful. I, my wife uh, went to see the show in New York. It's the only thing that I've done, the only thing I've been associated with for 50 years that she could take her uh, junior league friends uh, to see, 
And uh, so she went about 50 times. And they loved it. They loved it. And they, the uh, Troma fans loved it. Uh, uh, it's a great show. If, you get it, if it's playing in your town, go see it. You'll have a lot of fun. They, the Troma flavor, just like the cartoons, the, the producers and David Bryan and Joe DiPietro did a wonderful job uh, bringing the Troma subversive sense of humor to a mainstream uh, format. And, uh, and the tunes, or you go out singing the tunes. You know? It's not like those Sondheim plays where you... You know, you can't even find it, too. Although he's brilliant, I know. I know he's brilliant. Lloyd, it's great talking to you, man. You're a true uh, American filmmaking icon. And uh, return to, return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Uh, Volume 2. Uh, we're going to track it down and, and check it out as much as we possibly can. So thank you so much, Lloyd. And by, and by the way, Chris, you have inspired me to uh, dip my uh, 72-year-old toe in the world of wrestling. And I recently had the I saw. pleasure of... Uh, wrestling and fought. It was, it was, and I tag teamed. I wasn't sure if you uh, pinned the guy or if you had a heart attack and fell on him. I wasn't sure which one it was. <laughs> you know, we had two teams filming too, but naturally the trauma team missed my, I jumped on the guy, and, but you, both teams managed to miss the uh, yeah, my right. great leap. And then I tried, then I was trying to do the Al Franken picture, you know, where he's yeah. holding the guy's breast and looking at the camera, but the guy on the, on the still camera didn't get it. So it didn't quite come out the right way. But After 40 years, the cameraman still misses the shot sometimes. That's the trauma team. <laughs> the trauma team. Thank you, Uncle Lloyd. I appreciate it, Chris, my friend. Thank you. Cheers, thank man. Thank you so much. Thank you. I can't tell you how much uh, I appreciate you and how your knowledge of cinema is so amazing. You've seen everything. And, uh, I try to, man. To enjoy it. I mean, I've... movies are the best. Movies are the best, and people should know that they didn't just start with Star Wars. That's right. That's you right. Know, you know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks Lloyd. Man. Talk to you soon, man. All righty. Best wishes. Thank you so much. Cheers. All right, Return to Return to Newcomb High is coming out on Christmas Eve. You can rent it or purchase it at Troma Now. That's Troma Films' online streaming channel. Also, tons of stuff for you to watch for free. Movies, behind-the-scenes documentaries, other videos. Check it out at watch.troma.com, all right? And Lloyd's making another movie, Shakespeare's Shitstorm. That's right. It's based on The Tempest, but it's going to have all the great, gory special effects that we love in Troma movies, so support Lloyd. Support independent filmmaking. Support Troma Films. Check out Troma Now online and get ready for Return to Return to Newcomb High. Debuting on Christmas Eve. Don't forget watch.troma.com. All right, coming up Wednesday, I got a really big show, but I got to keep the lid on it right now because I haven't recorded it yet. So just in case something doesn't happen, but I'll tell you exactly what it's going to be as soon as we record it. You'll see it on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. Trust me, it's very timely. You're going to love it. And it involves uh, one of the greatest uh, WWE performers of all time. All right. So wait until then. In the meantime and in between time, have a great weekend. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big, yeah, boy. Go Toxie.